0: Your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hello, happy Monday. Uh, It is currently 11.30pm for me, but hopefully it's a little earlier where you are. Uh, this is Lockdown Blue Jackets. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. My name is Jay Foster. As always, uh, today I have uh, another another special Lockdown crossover episode. Uh, Jack Bushman of Lockdown Blackhawks is back with us, uh, and we have got a lot to say. So uh, I'll get right into that. So I figured uh, we could start off with kind of how the Blackhawks have been doing since since we last uh since we last paid attention to them um because I don't know that I was expecting that 6-5 game that
0: that was absolutely (laughs) insane that game was wild I was I mean with how that game was going I wasn't going to be surprised the Blackhawks lost I mean they allowed like 40 shots on goal but that was a hell of a comeback really deflating to allow four goals in
1: the third period. Uh, yeah, man, it was... Honestly, it got to, like, 4-2, and I was like, okay, cool, that's that's game. Uh, I just thought it was funny, because we were talking about, like, um, the last time the, the teams met, and it was, like, very much goalie versus goalie, and it was, you know, it was a 2-1 game and then a 3-1 game, uh, or the other way around, I don't remember. But then this kind of just turned into who can score yeah, right. most goals. Um, but yeah, Not I fully, exactly. once it got to 4-2, I was like, okay, cool. Well, this is this is game. Like, let's just accept it. And uh, then... like, Stole two points. Four more goals happened, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that was a six-goal third period, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was. Not expecting that from these two teams.
1: No, like, because we don't know how to score goals anymore. Um, and then obviously <laughs> a couple of games later, we lost 7-3 to Carolina. So just too mm-hmm. many, too many goals are happening at the minute. Um, but how are the, how are the Blackhawks been looking, playing other teams? Cause you just, Kevin Lankanen just got his first shutout, right?
0: Yeah. He got it on Wednesday. Last Wednesday against Detroit, he was great. It was a 2 nothing shutout. Um, and it's just, I mean, the beat goes on with him. It, it seemed like it was just a matter of time with how well he's played early on. Um, kind of had a tough game on Friday against Carolina, but as we just talked about, they seem to be kind of picking everyone apart. So um, good couple of games from Lincoln in recently. And I mean, that's kind of been the story of the year for the Blackhawks for real. I mean, he's keeping us in games that, sometimes we shouldn't be in, especially with this young of a team but when you get good goaltending you always have a chance it's been awesome yeah
1: do you think like do you think Lankanen is legit or do you think he's just like you know how some goalies just turn up and they're like okay I'm gonna will this team to the playoffs right like Corey yeah, Crawford it definitely- did it a few years ago for um for Chicago do you think like, yeah Lankanen's legit or do you think it's like kind of a I don't want to say a fluke because goalies kind of run hot hot and cold all the time but like, is this yeah, what that, we can expect from Lankanen for years to come? Do you think?
0: Yeah, that that is tough because goaltenders. I mean, they can just find their strides at random times. We saw it with Matt Murray early in his career. Um, but I do think Lankanen is the real deal. And what, why I say that is is more so because of his demeanor. Honestly, he he's a great interview every time after games, before games intermission, he's just a really confident guy, really believes himself. And in addition to that, he's very positionally sound. Like he's always in good position, it seems, to make the save, and his rebound control is really strong. So I think he – not only does he have the ability to do it with how he how well he plays on the ice, at least so far, but I also just think he has the exact mindset you want out of your goaltender, especially at a young age. I mean, he's just so – calm and collected and very confident and poised in that and those things as I just said that's everything you want your goalie especially right now when we're searching for our franchise goalie so I know I don't want to jinx it or jump the gun (laughs) or anything but I do think Kevin Lankinen is legit I think he's just I think he's just getting started onto something great
1: yeah he gives me like real Elvis Mosleykins vibes in a way like just this young exciting goalie that's just Mm -hmm. kind of turned up has a great personality is clearly like just having a ball uh and obviously you know that's working pretty well for us or it was yeah. like, way up until uh <laughs> the end of the nashville game uh yeah, but, yeah like lankan and i've been every time i watch him i'm like okay he's like this guy's really really like he's, legit. he's gonna be something special yeah
0: I'm hoping so, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, and it's funny you bring up like the, those guys with good personalities and and confidence in those selves. It seems like all the goalies that that come from overseas just have those awesome personalities that that you want out of a guy, you know
1: yeah, exactly like I think there's a there's a real thing in hockey like it's not a secret it's very much okay, no personalities, no like nothing fun we're just gonna we're here to play hockey and like conform to like this team identity and i feel like elvis especially uh i don't know i haven't seen as many uh lankan interviews but elvis especially kind of seems very uh willing to have a little bit of fun with the interviewers and kind of like show some personality like he really leans into like the elvis thing
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah that's awesome
1: so it's yeah it's, it's always fun when you have like a good exciting goalie that you know also feels like an actual person and not like a like I always feel like Crosby and McDavid you know they're phenomenal players obviously but they're also just incredibly boring humans
0: <laughs> that is fair um it, but it's it's like it's fun to see those guys enjoying their time so much and making the most of it and just always having a smile on their face I think that's an important attribute to consider that they, they're loving their job they love coming to the rink and they love the work they put in I mean that and it all comes together it makes sense you know
1: yeah exactly uh i do want to kind of touch on uh go back to elvis for a little bit uh, in terms of like injuries um because elvis is injured again uh and i found out today i think it was earlier earlier on today obviously you've just lost dylan strome to concussion protocols uh Mm -hmm. like what's what's going on there what do you think that means for the black hawks in terms of like center positions for the next few games today was a wild day for the Blackhawks. We got Connor Murphy back
0: off IR, but we also moved Lucas Carlson, one of our young defensemen to IR and now Strom's also in concussion protocol. It was a lot to take in today, but as for Strom, um, honestly, Jay, he, he really hasn't been good this year. He only has eight points in 19 games He's on the middle of a six-game scoreless drought. His face-off win percentage is 44%, not what we need out of him, especially without Tays and Doc down the middle. So it's a tough situation, obviously, for Strom. Concussions, It's apparently he got hit a couple games ago, and now he just started having symptoms. I'm not sure how serious they are. They didn't really go into too much detail, but – I hope he's not hurt bad, but I feel like he could maybe use a couple games off at least just because he was really going through some struggles. He was kind of looking like a ghost out there. I mean, not winning face-offs, not winning puck battles. He's not a great skater, so he's not flying up and down the ice. I don't think it's going to hurt Chicago down the middle all that bad. I mean... Pius Suter has been playing on our top line. He's been playing just fine. David Camp on the fourth line is our best face-off guy. Carl Soderberg has been doing all right on on the third line. And then we have some guys who are capable of playing center who are on the wing right now as well. Matthias has played a little wing. Lucas Walmark has played. Um Sorry, I said Matthias Yanmark's played center in the past. Excuse me. Lucas Walmark has been primarily a center in his career, and he's been playing the wing, so that may bump him down the middle a little bit. And Philip Kershev also, he's a guy who's been playing wing but has the ability to play center. And all those guys have been playing fairly well while Strom's kind of been just meh in my opinion. So I don't think this is going to hurt the Blackhawks that badly based off Strom's performance recently. But I, I am concerned about, obviously, the concussion. You never want to see a player go into concussion protocol, and it seems like it just keeps happening with Blackhawks players.
1: Yeah, you've got to wonder, like, at some point, is it – like, we, ha- we had this uh, a few years back with the, um, the Blue Jackets when – I don't know, it was 20, 2018, I think, and it was just everyone was injured. Everybody. And people were like, well, we need to look at, like – the training programs and the coaches and we need to like look at the medical procedures and stuff and make sure that it's not something that the team is doing because it was a case of like just everyone everyone dropping like flies yeah and I feel like the Blackhawks especially have had more than their their fair share of concussions obviously Corey Crawford was plagued with them for a long time Andrew Shaw's had a lot of concussions I feel like that's probably in part uh, due to like how he plays but I wonder if Dylan Strome has been concussed maybe longer than a couple of games and that's kind of why
0: definitely a saying. possibility definitely a possibility and, and Carlton said it happened a couple of games ago didn't say a specific date or a specific hit or anything but it definitely could have been something that's been influencing his play as of late and yeah I mean another <sighs> another one goes down for the Blackhawks. Right when we get Connor Murphy back, there goes another defenseman. And then actually, like, I'm pretty sure it was the day after we recorded our last crossover was when Andrew Shaw got announced with his concussion injury. And it was such weird timing, Jay, because we literally had like a 20 minute discussion about Brent Seabrook and Miku Koivu and retirement and all this stuff about how guys have like nothing to prove really anymore in their career. And boom, Andrew Shaw gets a concussion or gets diagnosed with a concussion the next day. And he's kind of in that same boat. It was kind of crazy timing to me.
1: Yeah. I was, I was just thinking about that. Actually, Andrew Shaw is one of those guys that I feel like he's probably going to have a shorter career than most, but at the end of the day, he also has, you know, Two Stanley Cups, mm-hmm. and he's and, is he even 30 yet? Like, it's no,
0: that's the thing people forget. He's only 29 years old. A lot of people think he's older than he is, he's only 29. And unfortunately, I feel this may be it for Shaw because he battled back so hard from his last concussion, it kept him off the ice for uh, around a year, and it, w- it was a battle. So, I, I just don't know if he, he just doesn't need to have that, that fight any longer. I don't think.
1: Yeah, and again, it comes down to he's got two young kids. Like at this point, they've got to kind of be a priority for him. Like exactly. I follow um I follow him on Instagram, and there's there is a lot of stuff of like him just hanging out with his kids and playing and having fun. And like at this at a certain point, that's got to be what's what's important for for sure. Not like I'm sure a third Stanley Cup would be, you know, incredible. But of course. He doesn't need no, that, it to kind of
0: exactly. And that's what another thing we talked about was just like the family situation. You could tell on his Instagram and on social media, he's a big family guy. He's always posting pictures with his wife and stuff and his kids. And that that's how we thought about Seabrook and Koyavu, too. I mean, some older guys, even though Shaw's not that old, he's still considered a veteran in this league. And while, yeah, I'm sure the thing in the back of his mind to get him back was he wanted to fight and try to win a third Stanley Cup and be part of this rebuild here in Chicago, but I just don't think that's the safest thing for him anymore at this point.
1: Coming up in just a minute, I've got more of my conversation with Jack about all things Blackhawks and Blue Jackets. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bikowski hosts a breakdown of the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. It is kind of crazy thinking about, like, guys like Andrew Shaw especially. So I got into the NHL in 2013, it was just after the Blackhawks had won the Cup. And so that was kind of how I got into the league was, oh, this team is really good. I'll pay attention to them and kind of go go, go from, from there. there. And so in my mind, guys like Andrew Shaw and um, Brandon Saad, like, from that era, I always forget that they're, like, real adults now and not, like... <laughs> Not like 22 years old. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. Like, I feel like a lot of, a lot of players are stuck in kind of how old they were in my head anyway, when they (laughs) were in like 2013 to 2015.
0: Time flies.
1: It's crazy to think who, uh, how
0: old those young guys have have, uh, become now.
1: Yeah. Like, everyone's, everyone's a parent and it's, Jonathan Tavis is like, like 32. Jonathan Tavis is like 32. It's nuts. Yeah. Again, Jonathan Tavis, I was like, oh yeah, he's like 27. And then no, it's, he's not. He's
0: over 30, which is weird to say. Where's the time gone, Jay?
1: Oh, uh, I don't know. It's getting, yeah, it's getting to the point. Like I'm not that old, but it's getting to the point where probably 75% of most NHL rosters are younger than I am. Um, oh, like, I don't know if yeah. we talked about this. Last it's time.
0: not a good, it's not a good feeling. No, we didn't, but I'd love yeah. to. It's not a good feeling knowing that Connor McDavid is, uh, he's two months older than me. And what am I doing with my life?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I think there's six blue jackets that are older than I am. Oh. And it's like, I, I hate it. Um, <laughs> I know Sarah from, um, Sarah from Lockdown Kings. She's a couple of years older than I am, but she was talking to Hunter from uh Penguins. Uh-huh. He was talking about how he never got a chance to see Mario Lemieux play because he hadn't been born then. And I just, like, had to deal with that <laughs> emotionally.
0: Had to, had to process it a little bit.
1: Yeah. Oh, I, no, didn't
0: I didn't get to see Lemieux Le either.
1: Something else. So I want to talk a little bit about, um, just before we get into kind of, like, game previews and stuff. Obviously, it came out earlier today. Our uh, Panarin is taking a leave of absence from the Rangers. Uh, Obviously, he was with the Blackhawks for a couple of years. He was with the Blue Jackets for a couple of years. So, you know, uh, it's relevant there. Kind of, that's... in Like, it's just a fully insane story. Like, it completely, completely threw me. I don't know how you kind of felt when you first saw it, but...
0: Yeah, no doubt, wild story. But then I thought, and I'm like, it is Russia. So, (laughs) um, I I just... I really don't even know what to think about this. I mean, is it politic? I know obviously there's all the stuff with Panarin and Putin. He's been speaking out against him and stuff. Um, But uh, I, I, I seriously don't even know how to feel. Like I know Artemi Panarin, he always seemed like a nice guy. Like, I don't, I don't want to believe this. It could be, like, media portrayed and everything. It's just Russia, you know? Everything's up for grabs. I don't know. I couldn't imagine being a journalist in that country.
1: Yeah, no, it is, it is like, crazy. And the thing that kind of has been bothering me about it, and um, I don't want to really get into debates about, like, the Patrick Kane case from 2015, mm-hmm. but the fact is, like... I feel like people are either going to go one way or the other with this, which is, oh, well, of course it's not true. Like, it's obviously 100% fake. Or people are going to immediately be like, yeah, obviously it is true. And the thing is, you can't... I don't know that we'll ever be able to say for sure one way or the other because there is a track record of athletes and of hockey players like treating women this way. So I don't want to believe that he did it, but I also... am. wary of immediately being like yeah obviously they're trying to like people were immediately like oh this is obviously a smear campaign and I do kind of lean thinking towards thinking that way especially because apparently there are you know there's no witnesses no one on the team is saying it happened no one at the hotel is saying it happened there's no kind of police reports or anything like that but I do feel like you have to be you have to be careful when you're talking about it because at the end of the day if it did happen then there is you know there's a a girl out there who this happened to and totally it's kind of again i try not to curse on on these these podcasts but like it is shitty that it's my first thought was oh what if it is true like how do you how do you reconcile that with with him as a player you know
0: Mm -hmm, Exactly. And you don't want to be like taking Artemi's side, you know, there's uh, who knows how the story is. So you don't want to exactly you want to be wary of how, like, you you don't want to say immediately, oh, this is fake, because it certainly can be true. Like you said, this wouldn't be the first case of athlete of an athlete doing something like this, unfortunately. So it, it just makes you kind of be careful of where you're stepping, you know, you don't want to you just kind of want to stay in the middle. Like I don't want to take a side per se or anything, because I feel like there's more details that are going to come out about this than we have right now. And you just, without those details that are key details, I'm sure, you don't really want to be saying it's true or it's false.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like, I, I do, again, I do kind of lean towards believing Panarin about this just because this coach that is apparently kind of, gone to the media about this he has kind of told lies about players before to the media um I can't, I can't find the the tweet off the top of my head but slava malamud who's been kind of reporting on all of this has talked about how he did this to a different player a couple of years ago um and also again like he goes back to russia panarin has been surprisingly so i think outspoken about Putin and uh I believe he he tweeted or he Instagrammed or something about yeah I think um, it was an Instagram uh Navalny so uh Panarin has to be careful because you know I know like he lives in North America uh his fiance wife lives uh lives in North America but you know his family is still back in Russia uh Mm -hmm. but I genuinely don't know that Panarin is gonna get to play for his country anymore like, I don't know that he'll be able to go back to Russia after all this. Yeah.
0: I, I don't see that happening. Totally, I totally, and I, if I were him, I'd try to get his family out of there and just as tough as it is for his home country. I mean, it's just not looking good for him. And that, but that's also why, like you said, I kind of, of course, you don't want to say this didn't happen, but I am kind of just leaning that way because all the things built up against him and, with a situation about his Instagram and everything, it just it, it makes that side believable as well, you know? So it's a tough situation for Artemi Panarin to be in. I don't know how long this leave of absence is going to be for, but until everything gets sorted out, it, it could be a little bit for Artemi Panarin here. This is going to be a tough little stretch for him.
1: Yeah, exactly. And he, I think he'd just come back from injury and was just kind of mm-hmm. starting to find his feet uh like with the team so it yeah You just be, got back you, you've got to like you've got to feel for the guy i think even if like you can't say one way or the other or we did it he didn't do it like if he didn't do it then this this sucks like <laughs> 100 percent for him and his family
0: exactly and hope it didn't happen um and if it didn't, yeah, as you said, it's gonna, it's really, there, there are gonna be people who jump ship on him, no matter if it gets, pr- like, proven to be false or not. I mean, trust me, as a, as a Blackhawks fan with Patrick Kane, I get reminded. I mean, it doesn't help that uh, I went to college in Missouri with a lot of Blues fans, but nah, I got, yeah. I got reminded about Patrick Kane in that 2015 charge probably once a month. So I don't, I don't think this is gonna go away anytime soon in Artemi Panarin's career.
1: Come over just a minute. I've got more of my conversation with Jack about the upcoming Black Hawks Blue Jackets mini series. But first I've got to tell you about Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is delicious. Uh it is the best tasting protein bar out there. Uh there are 18 incredible flavors. There's nut and non-nut flavors. They've got six brand new flavors. Uh they are they're the best. They're just the best. Um, I keep trying to think of new and interesting things to say about them because I don't want to get boring and repetitive, but like, they're just so good. Uh, they're low calorie, they're low sugar, they're high protein, they're high fiber. They are great if you're on keto. Uh, if you are the kind of guy that goes to the gym, uh, then, you know, congratulations. But if you feel like you need an extra hit of protein in your diet to kind of help with that, then Bilt Bar is, is for you. If you are like me, a horrible gremlin person that uh, wants to trick yourself into eating something healthy while feel like you're eating a candy bar, then Built Bar is for you. And best of all, if you go to builtbar.com and use promo code Lockdown, you will get twenty percent off your next order. Once again, that is promo code Lockdown, or one word for twenty percent off at builtbar.com. I've also going to tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the easiest and fastest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Spring training for the MLB is uh, starting up soon, so soon you'll be able to bet on, on baseball as well. Uh, bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. So if you want to make a bet on whether John Tortorella finishes the season still the head coach of the Blue Jackets, you can do that, or you can bet on, uh, I don't know, The Bachelorette. Is that happening right now? Uh, probably. Probably. With real-time updated odds and props on basically anything you can imagine, BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to betonline.ag to sign up today, and if you do that, you get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code LOCKEDON, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked on fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long Dynasty and DFS leagues, breaking down all the stats and information to keep you ahead of the competition. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast wherever you get podcasts. And I mean, it comes down again to, like, basic xenophobia, I think. Like, I was talking to my friend about this. I feel like um Russian players get a, a little bit less than, like, players of colour, but I've noticed that people only ever bring up... um things like this when they want to talk about like Austin Matthews and um, he not last off season, but the off season before when him and his buddies were like harassing, harassing a security guard. Yeah. I remember that. Um, and he just didn't tell the team or anything. It was handled really badly. And people always seem to want to bring that up when talking about Austin Matthews, but no one ever really wants to talk about like when the white Canadians do stuff.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: No. like Claudio be... was, you know, he he got arrested on Canada Day, like five years ago, six years ago, and no one ever seems to really talk. No about one. Him. so I think no. he...
0: he got off scot free, basically.
1: Yeah, everyone was like, "Oh, this is hilarious," um, and I'm not <clears> saying <throat> that we shouldn't judge um, Austin Matthews for this, but it is it is strange that it's only ever relevant when it is a player of color or when it is a European, typically Russian, I feel like.
0: Yeah, that does seem to kind of, as you said, like the, the Canadian boys that everyone kind of looks up to, you know, they kind of get get away with some things that other players unfortunately don't.
1: Yeah. Like, didn't didn't Ryan O'Reilly get nominated for <laughs> the sportsmanship <laughs> the season he drunk, he like drove into a Tim Hortons while he was drunk, like... I don't, I, I don't know if he won the
0: sportsmanship award that year. It would be great if he did. Um, but that story is just so hilarious in its own right that Ryan O'Reilly literally went f- from driving through a Tim Hortons to Conn Smythe MVP.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, sure. <laughs> why, why not? Like
0: That was such a funny story. I remember when that came out and I was like, dude, come on. Oh, man, Ryan O'Reilly. What a guy. Factor, yeah. as they call him. I don't know if you know his nickname.
1: Oh, yeah, Here, I did know that. Uh,
0: hearing hockey players talk about him, they love that guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's one of those guys that like just can't, can't do anything wrong, I feel like.
0: No, he, he's so great at everything on the ice. All the hockey players always talk, he's got the slick back hair, the perfect beard, Conn Smythe Trophy winner. But no one ever brings, I mean, people, sometimes people do, but people will bring up his attributes first and his accolades over the Tim Hortons thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, in, a, in a kind of slightly more relevant and less depressing note on the <laughs> state of hockey culture as a whole, uh, I do want to talk about uh, tonight's game a little bit, uh, what, like, what your lines are shaping up. Obviously, you've got Connor Murphy back. You've lost uh, Walmark and Strom. Uh, I assume Lankanen will probably start both games, uh, which means we get to do Lankanen versus Corposalo probably for two games straight, which mm. is always fun. Like what, what are your kind of general thoughts on how the team's been playing of late? And if you think it'll continue against, uh, frankly, against a struggling Blue Jackets team.
0: Um, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen in goal. Honestly, Um Kevin Lankinen. I think this is a really big series here for the Blackhawks. They just had kind of a tough loss on Friday night against Carolina, five to three. They really got outplayed in the final 20, 30 minutes of that game. Um, so I, I think this is a big bounce back series for them, especially without a couple guys And Lankinen, I, I think he's going to start both because the Blackhawks are going to really want these games, but he did also just allow five on, on Friday. And I think we, We could see Malcolm Subban in there for one of these two games. So I I think it could be – I couldn't see it going either way, honestly. I think if the Blackhawks win the first one and Lincoln performs well, they're going to go with him again. But if he allows three or four, I think Subban's going to get in there. But overall on the lineup, very excited to get Connor Murphy back in the last few games. It was really evident that we needed him back there. I mean, without Murphy in the lineup recently, we've had – Four of our six or seven defensemen that we usually dress are 23 years old and, or younger, and two of them are 21 and one's 20. So we really need uh, really needed an experienced guy like Murphy back there on defense, going to be a little depleted up front without Dylan Strome down the middle, but I expect to see Philip Khrushchev, I think slide into a center role. He's been pretty good these last couple of games and just kind of like it's been for the Blackhawks this entire 2021 season, it's going to have to be the next, uh, next man up mentality. Someone's going to have to step in and fill in, in Strom's spot. spot. Um, someone else is probably going to jump in the lineup for Lucas Carlson on defense as well. So that, that's kind of been the mindset this whole season though, for the Blackhawks. So young guys are going to get an opportunity. They're going to have to step up and play. And I'm hoping the return of Connor Murphy is going to, make our defense a little bit stronger because without him, we saw some lapses, especially the last time we played the blue jackets uh, in that two game series. The first game we allowed four goals in that third period and blue four, two and blue leads of four to two and five to three. So I think getting Murphy back is really going to be a key for this Blackhawks defense in this series.
1: Yeah. I'm really hoping that we get Wrensky back. Uh, for at least one of these games he came back for came back for the second game against Chicago I Mm -hmm. think yeah he was in so he missed he missed two or three games with his with a knee injury came back for a game and then immediately stopped playing again Uh, I assume just because he wasn't 100% Mm. Uh, and you know in any other season we would have the defensive depth to be like okay let's we can rest Wrensky, but for whatever reason, our defense has just driven off a cliff this season. Um, so I... Wierenski hasn't been great, but I would like to see him come back sooner rather than later, just to try and kind of settle down the kind of um, the line blender that we have on defense at the minute. Like, you're, you're a Blackhawks fan, you know, like, Quenville syndrome. Like, if it's not working... <laughs> You know, throw everything in a blender for four minutes into the game. Uh, tonerella right. has that same kind of mentality of if someone's not scoring, then he's just gonna put them literally anywhere else in the lineup. um I think last last season there was a, a crazy stat. I think Boone Jenner played every single forward position on every. Really? One. He it's played four, yeah. yeah, he played all four left wings, all four centers and all four right wings at some point last season. So, at some point, Wierenski would like like Wierenski to come back and then have some kind of semblance of defensive stability.
0: And it's hard to get in a groove when you're rotating that much, and the Blackhawks themselves have had to deal with this. Uh, Duncan Keith has had just basically a rotating door of – guys playing with him, and it really hasn't led to us settling and finding our our pairings like we want to up to this point. 19 games in, I think we both agree that we'd like our defensive pairings and our lineup to be a little more set in stone than it is right now. Obviously, it's tough with COVID and injuries and whatnot, but um, it's tough when guys aren't playing with the same guy every night, and you just you know you got to have a different feel with each player. Every guy has different chemistry with another because each player's different. So I think getting Connor Murphy back for the Blackhawks, I'm hoping will solidify our top four, especially. And I'm sure Zach Werenski would do the same for the Blue Jackets. I mean, when he's when he's on his game and playing well with Seth Jones, they're one of the top defensive pairings in the entire league. And I'm sure that makes your guys' defense a lot stronger and life a little bit easier for everyone.
1: And I think that's all the time I have for today. Tomorrow is a Blue Jackets game day, which is very exciting. Uh, hopefully, we will be able to talk about a win soon enough. Uh, but if you would like to follow me on Twitter, I am at JTheGoalie. If you would like to follow this podcast, we are at LO underscore Blue Jackets. I will be live tweeting the game and probably uh, chirping at Jack over at Locked on Black Hawks uh, just because, you know, it's fun. Uh, if you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at blockedonbluejackets at gmail.com and I will be back with you tomorrow.